eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception The Show. All right, so the draft is now in our rear view window, and uh, Matt, uh, a lot of takeaways, especially from the wide receiver position. Yeah, you know, this was labeled as a, a weaker wide receiver class, and obviously we've talked about how, you know, I agreed with that um, in terms of mm-hmm. when you're talking about the top, top prospects. Uh, we didn't see uh, a guy go inside the top 15 picks. I think that's totally fair. Um, but mm-hmm. we did get a really nice receiver run in the, at the end of the first round. And, um, you know, I, I've said this a lot that um, I so much more prefer post-draft analysis of these players than like pre-draft takes. Um, you know, pre-draft <laughs> takes are fun. It's great. Absolutely, but 100%. It, it's so much cleaner to tell you about what to expect from these guys. Yeah. Now that I know what offense they're going to be playing, what system they're going to be playing in, what um, position they're going to be playing in. And, you know, I think inner, inter, inner position position designation at the wide receiver position, a lot of position, but um, it's a, it, it's so key and so important. <laughs> so being able to project that for right. these guys now, instead of hypothetical, but in like the real reality is very nice. All right, so we're talking about uh, four wide receivers that go in the very first round. Uh, the first one off the board, I believe, was uh, JSN, uh, Jackson Smith and Jig, but a Seattle. But we also had Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and uh, Johnston over to the Chargers. Am I right there? JSN was the first wide receiver off the board, if memory serves? Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. so there JSN you go. Was, JSN uh, was first. It, was, it went JSN, uh, Johnston, Zay Flowers, and then Jordan Addison was the last one. Okay, so JSN, the first wide receiver off the board, but we're going to use this show to talk about best, uh, best to worst fits uh, in the very first round. So JSN was the first wide receiver off the board, but Matt, go ahead and hit the people. He was not necessarily the best fit in the first round, in your opinion. Yeah, and to be clear, I like all of these fits. I think all of, all of these receiver fits were so good. I think they filled 
each one of them filled a very, very specific need for, for the team. I think all mm-hmm. of them made a lot of sense. I think all of these receiver cores are markedly better after these four players went to these four teams in the first round. So it's really like best to still good, but just like the others better <laughs> uh, in terms of the rankings here. Okay. But the first one to me, and it, and it goes back to what I was just talking about. It's Jordan Addison to the Minnesota Vikings, because, you know, <clears throat> we talked about Addison on the show and the fact that his success mm-hmm. rate versus press was right around 51, 52%. Not what you're looking for. You know, I mean, obviously a lot of these prospects were higher than him. I think I really, you know, look, the reality is he's 170, you know, nine, whatever pound receiver, 173 pound receiver at the combine. He's a Mm -hmm. small guy. And, you know, I think the size showed up in his ability to beat press coverage, especially when you're talking about him as a X receiver. Uh, against physical press coverage playing at USC last year and he's running go routes you know nine routes down down the field routes his success rate versus press on those was was low you know it was a struggle for him um again the overall success rate 51.1 percent that's at the 17th percentile for prospects however I care about that a lot less when he's going to be the number two receiver across from one of the best <laughs> right. receivers on planet earth in Justin Jefferson who's going to consistently get bracketed who's going to consistently run as the x receiver against press coverage on the outside like if you're going cover two something like that you're gonna you're gonna have just incredible free releases incredible zone coverage looks for a guy like jordan addison and that's really what he specializes in that is just such a a great fit you know a few people have brought the stats that like Adam Thielen was top five in routes run last year, just ran a ton of routes and had about 700 yards, you know, as, right. as that number two outside receiver for the Vikings. I think they just got a huge upgrade in Jordan Addison. Okay, so the big question with Jordan Addison, he's 5'11", 173 pounds. That's what he weighed in at the combine. I, as a matter of fact, I think it's fair to assume he might actually, uh, his playing weight might actually be lower. Uh, this guy might yeah. dip below 170 in terms of playing weight, which is just, I mean, that's bonkers to me, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he ran, and again, he, he ran a 4.4940 with a 34-inch vertical. If that sounds average, but listen, that's below average, as a matter of fact. For <laughs> for a player of his size to run a 4.4.9 and have a 34-inch vertical playing in the NFL, oh, oh my goodness, it hurts the soul, uh, honestly, as a, as a metrics guy, uh, to be looking at numbers like that. But we know this, 2021 at Pitt, extremely productive, right? A hundred receptions, nearly 1600 yards, 17 touchdowns uh, for Jordan Addison. 2022 uh, took a little bit of a step back, right? 59 catches, mm-hmm. 875, eight touchdowns, despite playing with Caleb Williams, who had 4,500 yards passing and 42 passing touchdowns. So uh, a little bit of a step back here for Jordan Addison. Uh, athletic profile wise uh, and, and you know honestly just kind of sort of game tape wise doesn't really profile as a number one wide receiver but in Minnesota you bring up the name Adam Thielen okay now uh, you know there's there's a lot of targets to be had we know Hawkinson's probably gonna you know vacuum in a ton of targets himself but my major question for you Matt Harmon can Jordan Addison we know he can play inside can play a little flanker as well yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of what we the differences between his production at Pitt and his production at USC can be explained by his role. You know, I mentioned that at USC, they lined him up on the line of scrimmage on 58.3% of his sample snaps for reception perception. He was an outside right receiver uh, on 67.8%, just a 24.8% slot player in the game sampled. 
at Pitt, he was more off the line. He was a slot receiver for Kenny Pickett, who, you know, um, and again, when he was operating outside, he was definitely doing much more flanker work for the for the Pittsburgh Panthers. And he was someone who was great at working those deep and intermediate in-breaking routes as a flanker. I think that's going to be his best role. Like, again, when you line up and you're probably lining up Justin Jefferson, again, you're, you're going to maybe bracket him. You're at least going to have cover two on that side of the field. You know, you're going to have a man coverage corner with a safety over the top. You're probably going to get a lot of single zone coverage, single man coverage on the other side of the field with Jordan Addison, and he's going to get that free release as the flanker. That's the key thing here. If he's able to, even if like you bring him off as the a deep, an out, deep outside flanker and you bring him closer to that slot receiver, being able to confuse the corner there with a, an outbreaking route from the from the slot player, in breaking route from Jordan Addison, I think that's going to get him free enough to be a flanker receiver. Um, you know, it's not too dissimilar to the player I compared him to, which was Jahan Dotson, you know, um, right. Dotson, uh, played a lot as an outside flanker last year, even though I do think his best stuff probably comes long-term from the slot. All right. So Jordan Addison, um, wasn't your top prospect, uh, but, uh, you know, you consider you, you had him in your top five. Now he goes to Minnesota. I think from just an impact standpoint, I think it's pretty fair to say, and it's pretty obvious really to say that, uh, as a rookie wide receiver, this guy's got the best chance, I think, to make the biggest impact just because my God, the, the, the availability of targets there in Minnesota is just wide open. Yeah, I think he's got the best chance to be the most productive rookie receiver right away um, Mm -hmm. because of what we just talked about with Justin Jefferson is never going to cede volume to Jordan Addison because Justin Jefferson is just so good. But um, the Adam Thielen role that's vacated. Look, I think KJ Osborne is a is a nice player, but is probably a guy that would be over his skis as a true number two receiver. So right. he's not going to command a ton of volume. I, I, and look, Kirk Cousins, think what you want of Kirk Cousins. He can get guys to football, you know, um, mm-hmm. man, he, <laughs> I think he's going to really like Jordan Addison as a safety valve, you know, even when Justin Jefferson has some of those tough coverage looks that he doesn't want to thread that needle, you know, Jordan Addison working against his own coverage, you know, in breaking routes, his, his, his slant route success rate, 92.3% curl route, 82.9%. His dig route success rate. This is un, you know absurd. 89.5% um, on dig routes. <laughs> right. That middle of the field stuff is such a comfortable bucket for Kirk cousins, especially in this offense, when you're working off play action, when you're working with pre-snap right. motion, I think Jordan Addison is probably gonna be their, their primary pre-snap motion player. Um, I think that he's got a great shot for, you know, to even push for like a thousand yards. I think he could be a thousand yard player as a rookie. Maybe um, that's not what you'd project him to, but I think he has that ceiling. Um, you know, maybe not a high, high touchdown player, but um, yeah, right. I, I think that he's he's just he's just like a solid number two receiver in the NFL, and that is literally how he was what he was drafted to be for this team, yep. which is why I love this fit so much. So yeah, I think right now if you had to if you had to bet it, he would be the betting favorite to be the most productive rookie receiver, even though he was the last one drafted in the first round. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, okay, so then we go to Baltimore, and right before the draft, you know, Lamar Jackson uh, is able to work out a contract there, uh, making him, I believe, the highest-paid quarterback 
uh, highest paid player in the NFL. A lot of guaranteed money as Thank well, God. basically. <laughs> that trauma. And that's, I got to be honest with you though, man. Um, I know we're talking wide receivers here, but I was, I was disappointed. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson had all the leverage in the world um, against Baltimore. Now they listen, they could have been down a path of mutually assured destruction. Okay. And I, and I recognize <laughs> that. Um, but the, the fact of the matter remains Baltimore, if they didn't have this guy, they're in the weeds, man. And, and Baltimore and, and for Lamar Jackson, again, we talk about mutually assured destruction. Uh, the, the, Clearly, the suitors were not there for him. You know, uh, Baltimore said, "Hey, go and find somebody," and and he found no dance partners. Right, so um, it was a little bit of they were both a little bit stuck there. But ultimately, I did think that Lamar had a little bit of leverage there. I, I'm actually surprised uh, that he did not either get more guaranteed contract. I, I thought the the I thought the contract structure is, is pretty team friendly as well, and that's the thing. It's like, why is it? Why in the world is it even team friendly? I mean, if you wanted a fully guaranteed contract, I mean, at least make it, you know, I don't want to say painful for Baltimore, but golly, they, they must look at that contract and be like, yeah, let, let's make that deal. You know, I mean, you're going to outplay this contract in terms of quarterback market in two, in two years. You know, it's, it's a great deal. I thought for Baltimore now it's now from, from a, you know, again, from a, optic standpoint, Lamar did well, no agent, you know, doesn't have to pay those fees, uh, and still made a lot of money. So, so it's good for him. But again, just, just me, just spitballing here. I I thought he could have gotten more guaranteed money, uh, and it didn't have to necessarily be as team friendly as it was. Um, you know, we all have like, we've all had that friend or have that friend in our life that like, you know, tells you like, I'm done with my girl or I'm done with the boy. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm done yeah, with them. Yeah. They've treated me yeah, wrong yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm done yeah. with them. And, right. and, and you just know in the back of my, your mind, like, no, you're not, you're, you're going right back to them. You, you'll be back. You can't, you say that you're done, but you're not done. Yeah. And I think yeah, honestly, yeah. that's yeah. what a lot of this, because sometimes too, it's like, you're not doing Number one, you're not going to do any better. Okay. So I think that's kind of what the situation that Lamar found himself in with the Ravens, which like, you know, he put out the trade requests and all that, but like, right. Was still negotiating with the team. I think these two, these two, these two, these two, these two were never really going to break up because like you said, mm-hmm. um, Lamar, you know, didn't have another suitor. Like you get a If you are like Deshaun Watson or, or Kirk cousins, when he had free agency, like you're a true blue free agent, you're truly available to anybody then and your current team is done with you and you're done with your current team it's it's possible to get you have that leverage to get the the fully guaranteed deal but i think because everybody knew that whatever nobody was going to give him a fully guaranteed deal they didn't want to do it like the most recent time it's it's those two examples have not been great i mean kirk cousins has been fine with minnesota but they're they're they've just now broken the cycle they signed him what after the 2017 season they've just now broken the cycle of like we extend Kirk every year and we kick the can down the road every year <laughs> on a, on an average starting or like slightly yeah. above average starting quarterback. And obviously the Watson thing didn't go well in its first year. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of other blowback, but um, yeah, I, I just think like nobody was going to give him that guaranteed deal. And then nobody was going to draw up an offer sheet for the Ravens that they knew the Ravens were just going to match because they wanted Lamar. And I think Lamar truly didn't really want to leave. So I think it's just one of those things where it was like a fun fantasy, but in the end, the the most rational outcome happened, which is just what happens with every quarterback deal is, 
oh, who signed the most recent one? Jalen Hurts. Well, just tack a little more extra money on that, and basically exactly. you, you get that deal. So it's yeah, it's exactly. kind of and honestly, I I just think in the with, the, with getting into the Day Flowers thing, like. I want to see Lamar in this offense with this receiver core. This is going to be fun. And I think Lamar wanted to play with this team right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let me say one last thing uh, and then we'll move on to um, Zay Flowers. But I, I'm surprised that a team did not come through. And in particular, I would have loved to see New England come through oh, and, yeah, and well, offer yeah. Lamar a fully guaranteed four-year deal. Um, for, you know, four year deal for what, what's he making? Yeah. So like, we'll give him 200 million straight up fully guaranteed and, and just dare the Baltimore Ravens to turn that down. You know what I'm saying? Cause then uh, they would match. Right. Yeah, great. So then, so then we get Lamar in Bill <laughs> O'Brien's offense with Devonte <laughs> Parker and Juju. And, oh but God. see, it's the, but see, it's the, it's the thought that new England would say, there's no way they're not going to match. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, if well, they did true. a if they did a five year two hundred fifty million dollar deal, okay, there's a possibility uh, Baltimore doesn't match. But you go four year two hundred mil, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I don't think Baltimore walks away from that deal. And then you know you know and then Lamar ends up getting what he wants anyways. I'm just I'm just surprised that New England yeah. didn't put the the pressure on Baltimore or some other team didn't put the pressure on Baltimore. Uh, to, to sign one of those guaranteed contracts. But then again, that's why they're whispering collusion. That's why they're yes, whispering yeah, collusion. Right, right. <laughs>